Welcome to the MPC Podcast. I am Tim W. Gill, pastor of Medora Pentecostal Church, and I'm thrilled that you've joined us today. Here at MPC, we are committed to bringing hope and building lives. One way we do that is through this podcast. Thank you for listening, for sharing and reviewing what we do here. It is our desire to connect with you, and you can find us on Facebook, or you can find us at our website, medorachurch.com. It is our prayer that today's message inspires you, encourages you, and that the kingdom of God is advanced in your life. Let's get right to the word of the Lord today. Praise God. I want to direct your attention to the book of Matthew today, chapter 9. The book of Matthew, chapter 9. My heart was tugging in so many ways. I, I, I think I've found a vein that I feel like the Lord wants me to talk about this afternoon. From the book of Matthew, chapter 9, verse 35, beginning there and going down through verse 38. And Jesus went. Somebody say, he went. He went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them. Because they fainted, they were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Then saith he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray, ye therefore the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, today for your word. Thank you for the example, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for being our, our, our healer, our Savior. Lord, and we want to work the harvest field that you have for us. We want, Lord, to do our part. But, oh, how we need you to be, Lord, with us. In Jesus' mighty name, let everybody say amen. My assignment today is on the Lord of the last day harvest. The Lord of the last day harvest. God bless you. You can be seated in the house of the Lord. The verses before you and I today and that we have considered is a summary of why Jesus came to this earth. Why did he come? The Bible said he came to seek and to save that which was lost. Jesus came for lost people. God so loved the world. He loved the lost world. And he came seeking those that were lost. Here Matthew writes and records that he went about all the cities and villages. He traveled through big cities with bustling markets and large crowds meandering through the maze of vendors and sellers and all kinds of people. He went to the densely populated urban locations, yet he traveled the dusty trails of hamlets and settlements and villages where there was just a handful of people and everybody knew their neighbor and their neighbor's business. 
So from the municipalities to makeshift tents of nomadic shepherds, Jesus traveled teaching, the Bible said, and preaching the gospel of the kingdom. Somebody say he went everywhere. He went to the wealthy and he went to the poor. He went to the educated and he went to the ignorant. He went to those that had nice houses and those that did not. Every opportunity that he could, he seized upon it to present the gospel of the kingdom so he could touch as many people as possible. The writer Matthew says here that he went about teaching, teaching. Teachers take truth and they form it in such a way that we can understand. Teachers can take the complicated and make it understandable and simple. Someone has said that great teacher, the great teacher is the one who turns our ears into eyes so that we can see the truth. Jesus went about preaching the truth and changing people's understanding by the words that he said. Amen. Teachers teach in such a way as to demonstrate the will and the mindset to, to, uh, to, to help the will and the mindset of the student to go towards that truth. Jesus began to shape how people saw the kingdom of God by his teaching, by his message that he proclaimed. Thinking was transformed by the words of Jesus, the teacher. Good teachers inspire their students to learn and grow. Jesus was a great teacher. Matter of fact, he was the greatest teacher of all. Can you thank the Lord today that he was a great teacher? The officers of the chief priests and the Pharisees went to examine this great teacher. And what did they do? They come back with these words. Never man spake like this man. Never man spake like this man. <clears throat> we find that Jesus went about preaching. Amen. If teaching reveals, then preaching persuades. If teaching reveals, then preaching persuades and inspires. Preaching here means to announce like a herald, to announce like a herald, to publish or to proclaim openly. Preaching is to make important news to the place where it is publicly known. We often say in, in, in our, our circles that the way you know whether a, a man is teaching or preaching is in the volume of his voice. You know, just the louder you get, you're preaching, and the more monotone you are, you're teaching. Let me just say there is some truth to that because the word preaching is connected with a crier or a herald that would go around the town and lift up his voice and shout the news of the kingdom. Amen. Don't, don't, don't think for a moment that it's just odd that, that we, we, when we're preaching, declare it with passion and it's loud. It's about inspiring. It is about 
persuading. Teaching is about revealing. So Jesus not only taught, he was passionate about the kingdom. So he would lift his voice as, as it were to declare the kingdom of God. Amen. And the gospel of the kingdom. We find that in Luke it records that in the people, the people of the city of Capernaum were astonished at his doctrine because his word was with power. The preaching of Jesus was clearly focused on the same thing that the teaching of Jesus was focused on and that is the gospel of the kingdom. He went about teaching he went about preaching but that wasn't all that he did he went about healing somebody say healing not only did he declare through teaching and preaching but he revealed himself through demonstration the greek word for here heal here carries with it the sense of providing care to improve a situation the healer comes to change lives not just to heal people of their sickness but to heal people of of their mindset, to heal people of their ways, to heal people of their soul condition. <clears throat> we find this prophetic word that Jesus referred to in Luke chapter 4 and verse 17. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. When he opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, amen, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor and has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, amen, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised. The mission of Jesus was to change lives. When he was here on this earth, his mission was to change people who were in a broken state to a whole state. When people were in a sick state to a healthy state can you thank the lord that that is still his mission today the harvest that we are looking at the harvest field that jesus was seeing was not a harvest of prosperity it was not a harvest of i got more money it was not a harvest of uh, I am more successful or I am more fruitful or I have been blessed. It was a harvest of people. The harvest when Jesus refers to it in our text, he is talking about broken, lost, hurt, people that are without a shepherd, people that are wandering, people that are failing, people that are falling. He said this is the harvest because he was moved with compassion by what he saw. I want to tell you that is what we must understand in this hour. The harvest is not some kind of pristine harvest, but it is a harvest of broken people. It is a harvest of people that have been rejected, people that know nothing about hope, that know nothing about peace. Jesus said the harvest is plenteous. But the labors are few. We often want the harvest to mean about our blessing. But the spiritual concept and the scriptural concept is the harvest is about people. The harvest is about people that he wants to change through teaching and preaching and helping getting them out of their situation. Can somebody say amen today? Amen. <clears throat> you will notice the timing of this, 
this story or this verse in Matthew 9 is very important. Jesus had just preached his message on the Sermon on the Mount. He had preached that. He is working on getting his disciples together. So this is early on in his ministry. In Matthew chapter 9, we can look through it and see a summary of what he is doing that led up to that, that statement. Oh, the harvest is plenteous, but the labors are few. You will find in Matthew chapter 9, verse 1 through 8, a paralytic is forgiven and healed. In Matthew 9, 1 through 8. In Matthew chapter 9 and verse 9, Matthew the tax collector is called to be a disciple. In Matthew chapter 10 and verses 10 through 13, Jesus and the disciples are found eating of all places with sinners. Eating of all places with sinners. Jesus is found eating by the Pharisees. They found him. You know, the religious people, those hoity-toity religious folks that would never be found eating with a sinner. But Jesus is found eating with tax collectors and with sinners. And here is how he responded. Those who are well have no need of a physician. But those who are sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. For I I did not come to call the righteous but sinners to repentance. How many know the harvest is for the lost, the backslider, not those that feel like, well, I'm saved and I can never be saved or I never need salvation. Oh, the highfalutin ones that are there above it. But I believe God is calling us in this generation as he did in the beginning of his ministry to reach out to the broken, the hurt, In Matthew 9, 18 through 26, it is where Jesus healed the woman with the issue of blood and the ruler's daughter is brought back to life. In Matthew 9, 27 through 29, two blind men are healed by the power of Jesus Christ. In Matthew 32 through 34, a mute man that is possessed by a devil is healed and delivered. It is at this point that he says, I see multitudes, amen, I see multitudes that are fainting and scattered. And he said, the harvest truly is plenteous, but the labors are few. Pray, pray ye therefore for the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth labors into our harvest. Drive up and down the streets of Medora. Drive around the counties that we live in and you will find example of example after example of broken people. Of people that need the gospel of Jesus Christ. Do you realize, I believe that Andy Wayman told me sometime back, Jackson County is the number one county in Indiana when it comes to men. Oh, there are people that are hurting and need a God like we have. Oh, that we would see the vision of Jesus and that we could say the harvest is plenteous. Go to Walmart. The harvest is plenty. We're not lacking for people that need Jesus. 
Somebody say amen. We're not lacking for people who need Jesus. But what we are lacking is the same thing that Jesus said. We need laborers. We need workers. We need people that will teach and preach and will help change people's lives. Do things that will help change people's lives. So pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest. Somebody say the Lord of the harvest. Amen. We will know that Jesus is the Lord of the harvest. The God of glory is the Lord of the harvest. The Lord of the harvest is the one that we work for. It's not our harvest. It's his harvest. Every soul that we will reach to is not our souls to save. They are his souls to save. Amen. We've got to do our part so that they can do what, so God can do what is needed in this hour. Somebody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Have you ever looked at some of our, our community people and said, boy, they're messed up? Be honest with you. I'm not asking you for raising a hand. I've got my hand up because I've said that. I looked at people and I thought, they're messed up. We can bemoan a certain building and a certain place because we know the drug culture that is there. We know the problems that are there. But if we could see what Jesus sees, he sees people that are fainting and falling and failing and lost and going to a devil's hell. And so our Lord is moved with compassion down the road at the drug house and up the street at the, at the house where people are messed up. He's, he's, he's moved with compassion about that husband and wife that's got a divorce and, and has left kids to their ways or, or that girl that's got a, a child out of wedlock and doesn't know what to do amen there is a move of compassion today by the Lord of the harvest and he said I want you to pray this amen Jesus gave a prayer request it was not an unspoken prayer request it was a spoken prayer request we need to pray that the Lord of the harvest would do his work that the Lord of the harvest would send for labors into his harvest. I am excited because I know there are some of you that your hearts are being stirred by this time that we are focusing on reaching the lost. I say to you, we must do what we can do so God will do what we cannot do. In the first, we find it is Jesus going out preaching and teaching. Luke, we have another story about the harvest. We find in Luke chapter 10 and verse 1, after these things the Lord appointed other 70 also and sent them two and two before his face into every city and place whether he himself would come. So this time he's saying, you're going to go. I went, now you're going to go. Therefore he said unto them, the harvest truly is great. Somebody say, it's still great. But the labors are few. What do we do? Pray for therefore the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth labors in the harvest. Go your ways. Behold, I send you forth as lambs among wolves. Sign me up, Jesus. Right? I'm sending you as lambs 
So you will look like lamb chop to the wolf. I'm not sending you where everybody's going to love you. I'm not sending you where everybody's going to accept you. But I am sending you nonetheless. You're going to go among people. Let me just say this. In this hour that we're living in, you are going to be facing people that are blatantly anti-Christ. You're going to face people that are, are atheists. You'll face people that are agnostic, that a few years ago would not you would have not seen. But today, because of the turmoil of our culture, we will be like lambs among the wolves. So what are we going to do? Lord, what are we going to do? I know I'm going to carry a, I'm going to carry a big stick. I'm going to carry me a bazooka and get rid of that wolf. Somebody said, uh-huh. What did he say? He said in verse 4, carry neither purse nor scrip nor shoes. And salute no man by the way, and into whatsoever house ye enter, first say, Peace be into thy house. What is he saying? Don't worry about what you gotta carry, I got your back. Don't worry about what you have. I've got you. I'm going to take care of you. If you go to the house and you say, peace be in the house, and verse 6, and if the son of peace be there, your peace shall rest upon it. If not, it shall turn to you again, and the same house remain eating and drinking such things as, as they have, for the labor is worthy of his hire. Go not from house to house, and into whatsoever city ye enter, they receive you, eat such things as set before you. What I'm going to be your provision. I'm going to use other people to help you. And then he said, and do what? Heal the sick. Somebody say, heal the sick. Change lives. Do something to help people that would move them to a different place in their life and say unto them, the kingdom of God is come nigh unto you. The kingdom of God is come nigh unto you. <clears throat> but into whatsoever city you enter, and they receive you not. Go your ways out into the streets of the same and say, even the very dust of your, of your city, which cleaveth unto us, we do wipe off against you, notwithstanding be sure of this, that the kingdom of God is coming nigh unto you. Let me just tell you, not everybody's going to receive you. Not everybody's going to receive the gospel message. Not everybody is going to hear, repent, and be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of sins. Not everybody's going to hear, he is the only way. He is the only truth. He is your only hope. Not everybody's going to receive it. Amen. You've got to let it go and move on to the next place. Amen. But let them know the kingdom of God is still close to you. There's still an opportunity, even for that one that you've worked with, that has rejected you. Amen. You just say, okay, I'll stand my distance, but I want you to know the kingdom's here. The kingdom is here. How many of you have been working for somebody for over a few months to be saved? A few years to be saved. Let me just tell you, the kingdom's still near. The kingdom is still near them. Amen. There's still an opportunity for harvest in that hour. Listen to the words here in verse 12. But I say unto you that it shall be more tolerable in the day for Sodom than for that city. Woe unto you, unto thee, Chorazin. Woe unto thee, Bethsaida. For if the mighty works had been done in Tyre and Sidon, which had been done in you, 
They had a great while ago repenting, sitting in sackcloth and ashes. But it shall be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon in the judgment than for you. And thou, Capernaum, which art exalted in the heaven, shall be thrust down to hell. He that heareth you, heareth me. And he that despiseth you, despiseth me. And he that despiseth me, despiseth him that sent me. Why did Jesus pick Chorazon, Bethsaida, and Capernaum to talk about what a horrible place they were because he knew you and I are going to be living in our Capernaum. We're going to be living in our Chorazin. We're going to be living in our Bethsaida. We're going to be living in the place where there are people that are wretched. And yet he says, look at the harvest. I want to talk to you about how bad it is. I want to talk to you about how rough they are. I want to tell you that the Lord can save a Satanist. The Lord can save an agnostic. The Lord can still save somebody that is a saint of Satan. The Lord can save somebody that is bound by orthodoxy Catholicism. The Lord can still save people that do not know the truth. Amen. Raised up in a church, a denomination never knowing the truth. Oh, it may look like there's hopelessness. They'll never hear me. The harvest is about people that looks impossible. But I want to show you something. Jesus gave the example of going out preaching, teaching, changing lives, healing the sick. That was his mission. And he told us to pick it up, didn't he? He told us to go out teaching and preaching, not just the disciples. He said, you all go out into all the world and preach and teach the gospel. That's not just for your pastor. That's for all of us. We ought to be all living in some way to tell people about the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. You ought to know how to tell somebody how to be saved. If you don't, man, we want to get you to the point where you understand what it means to be saved. We have a world today that people think, if I could just turn over a new leaf, if I could just be a better person, if I could just have my best life now. No, I've got to be born again of water and the Spirit. I have got to be changed. I want to say to those that are of the LGBTQ that says, oh, I was born this way. Well, you may have been born that way in your mind, but I want to tell you, Jesus said, you've got to be born again. You've got to be born again. I want to tell to those backsliders that feel like I have no way out. Oh, come out of the hog pen. Your case is not so great. Your problem is not so bad that God cannot save you. I would that every person know that it is not how bad you are scattered that is the problem. It's not about how bad your life is. It's that there is one called the Lord of the harvest that wants to see your life turn around. He wants your feet on solid ground. He wants your mind to be clear. He wants your body to be healthy. Oh, to where you could shout I've been redeemed by blood divine hallelujah here's the thing from Acts all the way through that book it is about how the Lord of the harvest works with workers I don't know you may have heard in your life there's going to be an end time revival there's going to be end time revival. Anybody ever heard of that? Lift your hand if you have. End time revival. I would like to change it up just a little bit. 
There's going to be a harvest until Jesus comes. I don't know what that harvest looks like. I don't know where it is. It may be like Africa right now where thousands are being baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost. It may be like Medora where there's one, two, or three, or 10, or 20 baptized with the Holy Ghost and set on fire. I don't know what that harvest looks like, but I can tell you there will be a harvest because there's going to come a day when the last person is baptized. The last person receives the Holy Ghost. The last person of the church is going to be renewed by the power of God and the cup of iniquity of Corazon and Bethsaida and all of the areas around us is going to be full and the Lord is going to say, that's enough, come up hither. Come up, my bride. Come up, my church. There's going to be, this is Bible. I'm not telling you something you don't know. There's going to be a catching away. One of these days, when a moment in the twinkling of an eye, we shall be changed. Hallelujah. From here to there, it's going to be the last trump at the last trump. One day, the last message is going to be preached. The last Bible study is going to be taught. The last person is going to be healed. And God is going to say, come on up. It is time. I want to tell you until that moment there will be a harvest. There will be an end time harvest. There will be because the Lord said I am the Lord of the harvest. I want to leave you with a couple things before we go. Every sermon I've ever preached, every lesson I've ever taught, Every life I've ever tried to help is absolutely meaningless if the Lord of the harvest doesn't step in. I can preach till I'm blue in the face and it will change nobody. I can teach a Bible study and I have to people that walk away. But what I have to have is the Lord of the harvest to step in. Hallelujah. What was it? Uh, what was it? in 1 Corinthians 3 and 6? Can you put that up, please, Sister Shelley? What does it say? You've heard this. Paul said, I planted, Apollos watered, but it's God that gives the increase. You know what? I can plant all I want. I can water all I want, Brother Chris. But if God doesn't give the increase, there will be no harvest. So I'm calling upon us to not only pray for labors, but to say, Holy Ghost, work with us. Then shall you receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost comes upon you and you shall be witnesses. Let me just say, anything we do in this year, anything that we have done, everything that we have sown, every radio broadcast that Bishop has done, every, every live stream that has gone out, every service that has gone out on podcast doesn't mean anything if we don't have the backing of the Lord of the harvest. It is his harvest. We are just going to sow and we are going to water and we're going to do what we can do. But by God's grace, Lord, would you come down on the harvest? This is your harvest. This is your harvest today. I believe there's a harvest coming from our live stream. In the name of Jesus, I got one all right. Does anybody believe that with me? There's a harvest coming from the live stream. We're planting seeds. Sister Amy was talking about uh, at the prayer meeting how that a lady that she went to in, in a nurse's care 
type role went to and the lady looked at her and saw her by her appearance and asked her, said, what church do you go to? Some stranger, am I correct, Sister Amy? Some stranger that she did not know. And, and, and that lady said, what church do you go to? And Amy, like a good MPC saint, said boldly, proudly, I go to Medora Pentecostal Church. That lady said, hold on. And she went and got a device, some device that she's watching online. And she said, I watch every one of your services. Brother Keith, there are people out there that we do not know. And by God's power, Lord of the harvest, you go to them and you work on them. Let whatever word goes forth, let our worship of God be something that grabs somebody's heart. You put you on this. God, we'll do what we can do. We'll do what we can do. But we need the Lord of the harvest to step in until the last days are done. We must say, as Paul, I can do all things through Christ with strength in me. I don't know if I can reach anybody. Yeah, when you put Christ with it, that's a different story. I don't know if I can win a soul. If you'll put the Holy Ghost with that, it's a different story. Hallelujah. Pray. Jesus told Paul, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect, and I will put this in your. Yours, not in the scripture, but I'm going to add that in your weakness. My strength is going to go through your weakness. Oh, praise be to God. Somebody's going to be a mouthpiece in 24 for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Somebody's going to do something in 24 to win a soul, to teach a Bible study. Somebody's going to say, I can do it, Lord. I don't know. I'm limited in my way, but by God's grace, I want to see the harvest. I want to do my part. I'm going to plant. I'm going to water, and I'm expecting you to do the increase. Oh, Lord of the harvest. Lord of the harvest, Lord of the harvest. There is something inside of you and me that enables us to do what we cannot do. This year, new ministries are going to be developed at MPC. This year. And some of you are standing there thinking, I don't know what I'm going to do. Well, let me just say this. If you can't do anything else but pray, grab your face and put it to the carpet and pray, Lord, will you send labors? Anybody got a relative away from your area that you'd like to be saved? You can't get to them. Lift your hand. I got my hand up. I got, I got, I got family that I can't get to. But what I can do is pray, Lord, Send a harvester. Send a laborer to them. I, I, I'm telling you, it's time to believe that God said he would answer if we pray it. Lord, send a laborer, a harvest worker to plant seeds, to water it. Would you stand with me, please, church? I know you know that we're living in the last days. It is evident by the signs of the times. It is evident by what is happening in the Middle East. I believe with all my heart there are backsliders that know truth right now who are shaking in their shoes. 
because the signs of the time said Jesus is coming soon. Lord, help us to find them and lead them in love back to you. There are people that are lost that, that looks at our crazy world and says, I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. All this fighting and fussing and all the political junk that is going, I'm sick of it. I am. How about you? Well, somebody that doesn't know the Lord does not have anywhere to go. But you have the answer. His name is Jesus. I wonder today if I make a plea for workers that would come. The harvest is plenty. There's plenty of people, plenty of opportunity, amen, to do something in the kingdom. Amen. Is there anybody here today that says, I'm going to answer the call? I'm going to answer the call to be a laborer. Step out of your aisle right now. Come out. Step out of your pew. Put it, get into the aisle and come to the front and say, Lord, use me. Use my hands. I may not can teach like somebody else, Lord, but I'm going to teach them by loving them. I'm going to teach them by, by my conversation. I'm going to teach them by having a good attitude. I'm going to teach them by loving them and helping them and, and showing them that there is a God that cares. There's a God that cares for them. Is there any laborers in the house that says, Lord, send me. Send me. Use me. But most of all, Lord of the harvest, will you help me? Lord of the harvest, will you help me? It's your harvest, Lord. I don't want to just put my hands and, and fold them, Lord God, and act like there is no need for it here. There is a harvest in Medora. There is a harvest, Lord, in the Tri-County area. There is a harvest, Lord Jesus. There's a harvest online today. There is a harvest in social media. Oh, God, would you help us? Help us, Lord Jesus, to reach the lost. Amen. Hallelujah. Use me. Is there anybody that'll pray? Lord, use me. I'll be the worker. I'll be the worker. Oh, this, 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 this work may not be easy and you're going to face situations. But the Lord said, I'm sending you as, as lambs before the wolves. But I got your back. I'm going to be with you. Hallelujah. You have the treasure in earthen vessels. But I want you to know the excellency is of the power of God, not us. We can't organize it enough to have a harvest. We cannot have a good plan enough to have a harvest. Oh, God. Thank you for listening to the MPC podcast. We trust that today's message has inspired you, encouraged you, and strengthened you in the Lord. We would like to invite you to join us again by simply subscribing to our podcast, and we encourage you to write a review if it has been a blessing to you. Again, you can find us at medorachurch.com to learn more about our ministry.